0: Welcome to Political Beatdown. I'm Ben Micellis, of course, joined by my co-host, Michael Cohen. We have a lot to discuss on today's episode. Michael Cohen, you're set to have your deposition taken in connection with New York Attorney General Letitia James' civil fraud lawsuit against Donald Trump. I want to go over with you What's going on there with that deposition? Of course, Donald Trump is a defendant in the E. Gene Carroll trial, which is currently underway. Donald Trump got admonished by the federal judge for his social media posts, as did Eric Trump. Um, And additionally, Donald Trump's lawyers have been sending letters to other GOP Republican committees in the House of Representatives asking them to interfere with special counsel Jack Smith's criminal investigation and the MAGA Republicans just acting like maniacs on the House floor. This and more to discuss on this episode. Michael Cohen, how are you doing?
1: Oh, you know, Ben, I am hanging in there. I'm completely overwhelmed uh, with all of the um, stuff that's all of the stuff that's going on right now, to say the least, um, there's so much you know between the five hundred million dollar lawsuit, between the subpoena ad testificandum, which is the subpoena to testify, which I'll handle tomorrow in the New York AG's case. There's all the stuff that's still going on with Alvin Bragg's case, um, you know. It just doesn't stop for me. There's, there's actually even more. I have my own case uh, in July, which I'm preparing for for trial against Trump in the Trump Org, and that has to do with the legal fees. Uh, it's, I mean, there's like five different matters uh, that's so far that's you know consuming the bulk of my time, and it's 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 exhausting to be honest with you, and. The thing I really want to bring up, you know, Ben, as we're sitting and we're talking about all of this um, litigation that Trump is currently finding himself yep. involved with, let's say hypothetically that Trump ends up winning, God forbid, but let's just say hypothetically that he wins. The question that I would ask all of these maggots, all of these um, die-hard Trump sycophantic followers... What do you think he's going to do? what do you think is going to happen to this country? do you think that the man snaps his finger and all of a sudden you know uh, you know everything? Becomes perfect for them. Uh, I mean, I don't really know what he could do regarding unemployment. We're at the lowest we've ever been. Okay, maybe gas prices will go down 50 cents, 60 cents. Um, you know, what is it? Uh, immigration? Do you think that he's going to come forth with an immigration plan? Do you think he'll snap his fingers and all of a sudden the debt ceiling situation is going to be, you know, handled and taken care of? I mean, you know, what do they think? Uh healthcare is going to become uh uh, you know an issue in all fairness it was joe biden who actually you know decided that he was not going to allow the record profits of these big pharma companies
0: you know and of course you have donald trump basically saying the health care plan is going to arrive and Two weeks, just you wait for it. The healthcare plan is coming. You know, everything is coming in two weeks, and you know it's just all complete BS. But Cohen, to your point, right, right there, Cohen. I, and I know your your feed's a little off, but to, to your point right there, people have seen what has taken place for the past four. You know, with Donald Trump, it's not like there isn't a template of what is actually going to take place. Like we've seen it. It was a complete and utter disaster. So the fact that people can look back on it and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want that again. It's going to be that and worse, but like that was objectively disastrous.
1: Yeah. And worse because what do you think that the guy is going to do? He's going to, most of the four years or even the eight years, assuming he lives that long, is going to be all surrounded about going after his political enemies, going after his critics, and rest assured, we already know that he has a you know a floor plan on how, or I should say, a game plan on what he wants to do. He's got the play; uh, it may not be perfect yet, but rest assured, you know he'll find another willing and complicit Attorney General like Bill Barr, who will go ahead and weaponize the Justice Department and go against everyone, including members of Congress. This country will become a shit show as he decides to destroy democracy in exchange for an autocracy run by him and him alone. I mean, I don't understand what these people think is going to happen here. Do they think that everything is just going to be, you know, rosy that, you know, it's it's impossible. I mean, we are right now as divided a nation as you could possibly be. And he will just divide it more. And you're going to start seeing, uh, you know, p- civil rights taken away. You're going to start seeing, you know, potentially women won't be allowed to vote. Who knows how far that this madman will end up taking things? I don't know the answer but all I know is he is hell-bent on retribution and revenge. Look, we don't have
0: to do the deep dive historical lesson here. We could perhaps save that for another podcast that you and I do, which would be a fun one. But if you go back and you look at Nixon's strategy, and then you look at the strategies thereafter from Reagan, um, and you go to George H.W. Bush, you go to George W. Bush, you look at the Karl Rove strategy, and you look at ultimately where that leads you to Donald Trump. You, you research The history of, for example, the Tea Party movement, you focus on how the Tea Party movement basically became the MAGA movement. And the whole ideology was frankly based on tearing apart the country, dividing the country. You go back in the 1960s and you think about it. We passed historic legislation that wouldn't even get out of a committee hearing in the House of Representatives today. And we'll talk more about what's going on in the House of Representatives and what they're focused on. But you think about the Civil Rights Act of 1964. You think about major pieces of legislation like Title IX that passed in 1972. You think about just these massive uh, legislative endeavors.
1: You think about Roe versus Wade. 50 years, starry decisis. He puts three, he puts three members onto the Supreme Court and all of a sudden 50 years of starry decisis down the drain. And that's just the beginning in the way that he believes that women, you know, should belong in our society and in our country. This is not a joke. And the fact that there are young millennial females out there who are supporting this guy, a guy who actually doesn't care about whether you're you know pro-life or you know or uh, you know or pro-abortion he doesn't care. Donald Trump doesn't give a shit about anyone or anything other than himself and he's only using the topic right now as a fundraising grift that's all that it is and in order to have tried to keep the evangelical community on his side that's all that this is. I mean, it's so obvious. You
0: know, President Biden announced this week that he's running for his second term and all of his uh, ads in connection with the campaign so far have focused on freedom. And if you listen to what the Democrat leadership is saying in the House of Representatives in the Senate, they are talking about freedom. And I think it is. And I want to get your take on it. I think it is important that Democrats reclaim what real freedom actually means you know the maga republicans have used the term freedom but not in its real sense at all their vision of freedom is to create a handmade style dystopian society where the government takes away your freedom and what's so interesting is to hear the democrats messaging and this is where frankly it should be but you know the maga republicans are coming for your freedoms they want to control your body they want to control who you can marry They want to make it so you don't know if you send your kids to school, if they're going to come home alive because there could be a mass shooting. They want to spread COVID, you know, with all of the disinformation that they're spreading. That is not freedom, what they are spewing and we've seen a lot of that messaging coming from the Democrats, because frankly, that is what the Democrats are about. And I'm, I'm glad they're talking about that.
1: Yeah, except the problem is you have the Republicans on the other side, turning around and trying to scare people into things like, oh, the transgender community is coming after you. I mean, you know, one of the things that they're doing is they're going after the transgender community in order to try to scare people to say, oh, my God, you know, that our whole way of life is changing that, you know, now you have boys who are, um, you know, they're in the process of becoming uh, women and they're in high school. And I, I saw this comedian talking about it. Yes, because that's what every single guy on the planet wants, right? They want to hang out in a girl's bathroom in order to watch a girl use the toilet. I mean, the whole notion of the Republican argument for it, it's so stupid. It's so it's so antiquated. It's like, it belongs in like bedrock. I mean, this is be. it's, I don't even know how to describe this stupidity anymore. And when you try to have a conversation with them, it's, it's so off center. You can't even have a conversation because they're predicating the conversation and the argument off of bullshit that they're hearing, whether it's on Fox Newsmax, OAN, or any of these right-wing newspapers. And they are, Completely disinterested in listening to reality and to facts. And so, how do you argue? As my grandma used to say, you can't argue with stupid. Well, that's true. What if that's One person who's stupid, 10 people. But what if you have millions, millions of people who are stupid beyond stupid and that you can't get through to them because whatever you say doesn't comport with the narrative that they're trying to put out there or what they think that they know based upon where they got that info, I don't know. But this would now upset their entire ecosystem and so they will fight you to the death over Bullshit, misinformation, disinformation, or malinformation. I don't know how we correct it other than doing like what we're doing right now, which is, you know, Going to We go to the masses as best as we can through political beatdown, through my mea culpa, through television, however we can do it in order for us to be able to bring to you reality. And the more of us that start to understand reality, the more that we can all try to disseminate and promote the reality and get rid of all of these untruths.
0: Now, I'm not sure if you saw uh, this appearance before Don Lemon was terminated from CNN. And one of the reasons that people cite why CNN, as CNN has been kind of making this turn to the hard right that they terminated Don Lemon is they had Vivek Ramasamwe on the show and Vivek Ramasamwe made a lot of money as an entrepreneur, but he's running as a MAGA Republican right now for the presidential uh, nomination there in, in, in the primaries. And he basically, you know, was arguing to Don Lemon that the NRA has done more to advance the rights of black people than anything. And that he says, everybody should be able to agree the NRA is what advanced the civil rights for black people. And Don Lemon's like, what are you talking about? And then Vivek Ramaswamy is like, well, we should at least have a debate about this. We need to absolutely debate this. And and you shouldn't be you know stopping my free speech to have this discussion. And then Don Lemon's like, it's not about you're right of free speech. You're just lying right now. And that's to your point, Cohen, when I saw that clip and I think about that in my mind, what they want to do as they shift the Overton window of these ideas that are just false and conspiracy theories and non-acceptable ideas in a civilized society, as they've mainstreamed that with Fox, as they have brought that into the mainstream, what they want to do when they drag you into a debate is to act like, okay, you could have your point of view, Don Lemon, but I'm going to have my point of view as well that it's really the NRA. And maybe the middle, maybe somewhere in the middle is the right answer. No, no, that's not the case. The right wing just spews these ridiculous conspiracies and they're being mainstreamed. And the reporting is, is that CNN got rid of Don Lemon because they didn't like how he was pushing back against that right wing disinformation. But Cohen, I want to get back to some big news about you. We talked about it at the outset of the show, and this is some of the news with the various cases that you are uh, involved in. Um, you know, One of them, the fact that Donald Trump sued you for $500 million, but the one I want to talk about now, which is not being reported in a lot of places, and there's your summons and complaint right there for our audio listeners. Cohen just pulled up the summons and complaint, though, is this deposition. So I want you to go through with us, and, and let me just try to give a little bit of a timeline, and tell me, you know, tell me if I'm right. So, of course, this is New York Attorney General civil fraud lawsuit against Donald Trump, his adult children, the Trump Organization, Alan Weisselberg, and a few other interested parties. She's seeking at least two hundred and fifty million dollars in damages. Likely will be seeking more at the time of trial. She's also seeking injunctive relief, which would effectively stop the Trump Organization, Donald Trump, and his adult children from. Cond- conducting business uh, in the state of New York trial is set for October 2nd of 2023. In con- And the judge, Judge Arthur and Goron said, come, or hell, come hell or high water, I'm not moving that date. So a lot of discovery and depositions are happening right now. One of that is Alina Haba and Donald Trump's lawyers served you with what was a defective Subpoena at first, but ultimately you work through the issues. And now there's a deposition. Can what can you tell us about this deposition? It's taking place tomorrow. How long is it going to be? Which lawyers from Trump's camp do you expect to be asking you questions? How will we get to hear about what takes place?
1: Well, what you'll hear, you'll hear from me on Tuesday when everybody comes back and I'll give you an idea in terms of what went on. But I don't know which one of Trump's lawyers. Uh, will be asking me questions I'm gonna be um, seated with my lawyer Jeffrey K. Levine he was uh, he's a friend of mine since we were in grade school on top of that he was also the lawyer that was with me at the time of the unconstitutional remand. Um, so he's gonna he's a civil litigator amongst other things uh, so he's gonna come to you know just be there with me to ensure that they stay within the confines of the questions that are permitted. Based upon this subpoena, Uh, obviously, you know, I've been instructed that I will not be discussing anything that has to do, for example, with the DA's case. It's completely irrelevant and it's, uh, you know, and we will, of course, not answer based upon relevance. Um, You know, I suspect that the deposition will be fine. It's not the first time that I've been deposed by um, Trump's attorneys, including Alina Habba. There was another case that took place. Uh, about six months or seven months or so ago, where I was also subpoenaed. I went there. It did not ignore to Trump's benefit. And in this specific case, for the last five years, I have stated the exact same things over and over and over again. It's not as if, though, anything that I'm saying on television is different than what I had said previously. Um, And that's, of course, not Uh, including the lie that I had told about the Trump Tower Moscow, but I don't even believe that that's a topic that's going going up here. So I'm sure the deposition will be fine. Uh, The hope is that everybody stays civil and it doesn't become a shit show. I also hope, you know, under CPLR, they can keep you up to seven hours, you know, for the deposition. My hope is that that's not what happens. Uh, I don't see seven hours worth of questioning You know, um, in this specific case, I also don't think, and I don't understand why in the world that they would want to have another record of uh, testimony that will be introduced uh, at the time of trial, meaning this deposition, when they know that nothing that I can say will in order to the benefit of Trump. It's all detrimental if you listen to everything that I have said over the past. Um, so I don't know what they're up to. Uh, I don't suspect it's going to do anything for him, but Hey, you never know. And, um, I'll let you know what happens on Tuesday with that one.
0: I I give you from my legal perspective, having, you know, been a a litigator for the first uh, 10 years of uh, my professional career post law school. Here's what I think that they're here's what I think they're doing. I think they they desperately don't want that trial date, October 2nd, 2023. They're very nervous about it, right? So I think they're trying to bait you, and I think they're going to try to ask you a bunch of questions that are outside the scope. Purposefully to try to create a controversy that they can try to say, Oh, look, we asked him these questions to try to make a lot of long, drawn out motion practice. Yeah, ben, and then try got, to.
1: Ben, I got to be honest with you because there's so much for us to talk about. I don't agree. And I'm going to tell you why. If you know anything about Judge and a- a- wrong guy to play with. Um, he's already said, Come hell or high water. This case is going forward on that trial date, all right? Um, Also, he's not the kind of guy that you're going to want to put in a motion in front of claiming that, you know, Cohen didn't answer questions about um, the grand jury testimony uh, before the New York District Attorney case. That's not going to go well. You know, (laughs) Papa has now already seen, along with Donald, uh, a $1 million, uh, you know, fine uh, for, you know, um, malicious prosecution and, you know, uh, you know, just putting forth that type of uh, reckless litigation. So at the end of the day, I assure you that that's not what's going to happen. I believe if anything, they're going to try to see if they can discredit me on anything and try to use that as a way of knocking out this case against, uh, you know, Trump and so on by the New York attorney general our unsinkable Tish James, or to figure out how to invalidate or muck up the water for uh, the district attorney of New York for Alvin Bragg's case. And I, I don't believe that they think that's going to happen. And at the end of the day, I just believe it's going to be another deposition that's going to cast Donald Trump in light of the things that he's done, the things that the documents and other corroborating testimony will prove.
0: Well, I agree with you that what their plan is, is not going to happen. But I think that they, so I agree with you there. But if you look at what they're doing in front of uh, Judge Lewis Kaplan, the federal judge, a no-nonsense federal judge who's like an Arthur and Goran. Arthur and Goran's a state court judge, of course. But Judge Lewis Kaplan, the federal court judge, I mean, you had Takapina filing those ridiculous motions over and over and over again just looking like a complete and utter fool and you would have judge lewis kaplan excoriate donald trump and donald trump's lawyers in those orders it it didn't mean uh that uh you know they're still they still may ultimately try it, but cohen so that's what went on and that's what's going on with this deposition you'll report back to us for the next political beatdown um, what about what's up with the $500 million lawsuit that Trump filed in the Miami division? We talked about some updates on Tuesday. You mentioned uh, who your legal team is, both uh, your your main counsel, your local counsel, a great team of lawyers there. Um, yep. When is your response to any updates since we last met on Tuesday?
1: Uh, just continuing to discuss uh, different strategies Um, to hold Trump accountable for that $500 million lawsuit. Uh, You know, there are many, many claims uh, in it, uh, you know, uh, at least a half a dozen, uh, the bulk of which are baseless and meritless. Uh, You know, we intend to, of course, attack those right away. Um, You know, the strategy has not been finalized. I have, you know, incredible counsel uh, here in New York. My counsel, I have uh, Donya Perry uh, just... A brilliant, brilliant attorney. She was the attorney that was responsible for the Alvin K. Hellerstein case with the unconstitutional remand. Uh, then in Florida, I have another incredible lawyer, Benjamin Brodsky. The two of them are working uh, on a regular basis. They're putting forth, uh, you know, papers to send to me so that I could read them, review them, make my comments, and so on. And then we will be, you know, filing um, our, you know, our papers. Uh, sometime uh, early, early May. In the meantime, I have, you know, thanks to uh, American Patriot and Adam uh, Parkmenko. Uh, you know, this, this case, despite how stupid and baseless that it is, this costs a lot of money, you know, and don't forget, you're now fighting uh, against a maniac former president who has Significant funding behind him now. If it's true, and I don't think it's a hundred percent true, but it's definitively not all inaccurate. He raised a substantial amount of money post the indictment. He'll claim over seventeen million dollars. I call bullshit on that. But at the end of the day, um, he definitely raised money, and certainly more than what I've raised so far. We're at about one hundred and eighty-five thousand uh, dollars. You know, to get this, you know, case going, and so on. And my hope is that. Everybody contributes. I can't. I can't do this on my own. It's too big uh, and it's uh, it's it's too significant. Um, one not to uh, you know not to proceed with, and more importantly, uh, not to bring on the best people in order to hold Donald Trump accountable. So to all of those, and it's over three thousand people who have donated so far, and I thank each and every one of you from the bottom of my heart. You know for your support, and I assure you. I really do. I assure you on this one. Uh, we have the law on our side. We have right on our side. And this will be yet another loss for Trump, which is funny because he'll tell you he's so tired of winning all the time. So far, I just don't see the wins coming out of you know the Trump camp. This, is a, this will be a win for Team Cohen.
0: And a win from team Cohen that we all can't wait to see. You know, unfortunately, the legal process is a a slower one. So you're going to have to file your motions and there are deadlines for that. And then Trump may file an amended complaint. That's one of his strategies that he does, like where he has no strategy. He just uh, you'll file like a motion to dismiss or a motion, uh, you know, to change venue or whatever motion it is that you end up, you know, ultimately deciding to file. And then his move, because this is what he did in the case that he was sanctioned a million dollars for with the Lena Haber representing him, but it's his MO in every case. It's his MO in the case where he uh, sued Twitter, just all of his BS lawsuits. He files an amended complaint because then he realizes that the way the press covers these things, because the press is just so completely inadequate at this time, they then give another story about him filing the lawsuit. And then ultimately when he loses the case, it's just another story, and where the media has already written nine stories that he's fundraised off of, right? And that's and that's his strategy. The, and look, the, the know, winning the case ben, isn't his so, strategy,
1: Ben. Just so you know that the case that I have filed against the Trump Org for legal fees going back that started in 2019, we're only going to trial in July of 2023. You know, so you're right. He is the master of the delay. But this case is a little bit different. He can't move for a change of venue because as the plaintiff, he's the one that chose the venue, right? Um, You know, we just got a judge who is legitimately not a Trump appointee, who is a true strict interpretation um, of the law. And he is, you know, going to play this one. I am 100% sure by the full letter of the law, which is all that we want, because again, we have law, we have right, we have everything on our side.
0: Yeah, you know, no uh, no judge Eileen Cannon. Uh, yeah. remember the remember those Judge Eileen Cannon days? Uh, so wild. We've got a lot to discuss here on political beatdown. I want to talk about the latest developments of what's gone on in the E. Gene Carroll trial, Joe Takapina's cross exam backfiring, the judge sustaining all of the objections by E. Gene Carroll's lawyers, uh, and Takapina. There was this one moment, too, where Takapina was saying these things and E. Jean Carroll was like, and that's why victims don't come forward. And she started crying. And she said exactly the way you said it right there. And she started crying on the stand like he's truly making a fool of himself and doing no favors with the jury. I want to talk about this Trump letter um, that his lawyers sent to the uh, GOP-controlled House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, this uh, Tim Parlatori lawyer, um, and basically asking their friends in the House of Representatives, basically, hey, you know how Jim Jordan Uh, interfered and is interfering with Alvin Bragg. Can you do that with Jack Smith now? And they're asking the House intelligence community to do that. I mean, so corrupt and such traitors. Then I wanna show you some of the stuff that happened on the House floor yesterday. And I wanna get your reactions to like the types of things Marjorie Taylor Greene was saying. There was um, a woman who was the head of the teachers union uh, who was there. And Marjorie Taylor, you saw that in Marjorie Taylor Green Center. You're not a real mother because she had an adopted child and she was a lesbian. I mean, it's some real horrific stuff. Let's talk about all of that and more. But let's take this really quick break. And now let's take a quick break to talk about our next partner, Lomi. Now, I've never been able to compost
2: before. It was always too complicated, too much work. And frankly, I don't think I even knew if I was doing it right. Then I got a Lomi. Lomi allows me to turn my food scraps into dirt with a push of a button. Lomi is a countertop electric composter that turns scraps to dirt in under four hours. There's no smell when it runs and it's really quiet. Thanks to Lomi, I have way less garbage each week. My family, we're down from three bags per week to just one. And here's something cool. My wife, she recently started gardening, and we've been able to use the scraps of dirt to help fill her garden. And since I got my lomi, I throw out way less garbage. That means it's not going to landfills and producing methane. Instead, I turn my waste into nutrient-rich dirt that I can feed to my plants. I feel so great knowing that I'm composting and creating soil instead of waste. I have a basically limitless supply of dirt for my garden. The other week, I had my in-laws over for dinner, and the food cleanup was a breeze. Plus, they think I'm super eco-conscious now. If you want to start making a positive environmental impact or just make cleanup after dinner that much easier, Lomi is perfect for you. Head to Lomi.com BEAT and use the promo code BEAT to get $50 off your Lomi. That's $50 off when you head to Lomi.com BEAT and use promo code BEAT at checkout. Food waste is gross. Let Lomi save you a cold trip out to the garbage can. And now, back to the video.
0: Welcome back to Political Beatdown. We are live. I'm Ben Micellis, joined by my co-host, Michael Cohen. So we're in day two of the E. Jean Carroll trial against Donald Trump. Moving quickly, Judge Lewis Kaplan runs his courtroom very efficiently. On day one, we had jury selection. The first witness already testified. There was opening statements from both sides, and E. Jean Carroll got through most of her direct testimony. E. Jean Carroll finished her direct testimony today. Joe Takapina uh, cross-examined her, and we're just getting in from some of these great uh, court observers who are live-tweeting. What's taking place, and there are some real great reporters doing a, a really, really, really fantastic job getting that information. But it just seems like you have uh, Joe Takapina just trying to attack her and vilify her and doing with no tact at all. You know, we we stand with E. Jean Carroll here. We stand here strongly with all victims of sexual assault um, and I think that she's done nothing short of uh, of hero of heroism and her lawyers I, I'm so impressed with Roberta Kaplan her lawyer and her lawyers and that whole legal team like there's certain things that you know that, that you and I as, as lawyers Cohen just see what they're doing and just how they are honest with the jury they admit to the jury hey you're gonna hear this. And it may not make sense to you, but the reason is is that this is what victims go through. And you're gonna hear, and she's gonna explain it in her own words, how this happens. And so like so they address these issues candidly, and they're not trying to hide it, you know, and you you have the exact opposite with Trump's lawyers.
1: Ben, you heard me about 10 minutes ago before the break turn around and say, What kind of a presidency would we be looking at if God forbid Donald Trump should win again? And you know, a couple of the, of our brigaders in their comments, they're a hundred percent right, which is, I'm sick and tired of Trump and his people. Well. Imagine now he's back in the Oval Office. He finds another willing and complicit Attorney General lapdog like he had in Bill Barr. Think about how he's going to run amok over this country, over our constitutional rights, over democracy, in order to change our country's structure from a democracy into an autocracy with him and his lunatics right at the helm deciding who does what when where and why could you it's no different than the handmaid's tale when you're looking at all of those commanders that's what you're looking at commander Steve Bannon commander Steve Miller commander you know um whoever the fuck he's got i mean this is really no joke and the fact that right now donald trump is still what everyone is saying going to be the republican nominee despite the fact twice impeached indicted he's got four or five more cases pending against him from stealing of classified documents to you know the uh the january 6th insurrection to georgia you know he's got nothing but legal trouble on his head, and yet he's still this goes to say how fucked up we are as a country right now that you're willing to vote for somebody or to support somebody who is a racist, sexist, misogynistic, xenophobic, homophobic, Islamophobic, anti-Semite because you're anti-abortion or you're Pro-Second Amendment right to buy an AR-15, you know, and not have to report it or register it, right? Even if you're in a bad mood and you just had a fight with your family. I mean, I don't understand what's gone on in this country that divided us, that's created such a vitriolic relationship between the Republicans and the Democrats, or, I hate to say it, between normalcy and absurdity. This is out of control. And I really do. I really do. Um... Have concerns, you know, as this 2024 election is ramping up because knowing Trump and exactly what you said about delay, he's going to try to delay this in order to then say, well, you can't keep bothering me. I can't be deposed. I can't be on trial simply because it's too close to the election cycle and it's not fair. It's, it it goes against the system and, and all that. And then again, we now have Merrick Garland who's going to sit back and say well let me think about this and I'll let you know just like all of the all of the cases that have been requested of Merrick Garland to be opened in order to show Trump's weaponization of the government as against me for example Hakeem Jeffries, Ted Lieu, uh, Jamie Raskin. God bless him. He's doing great. I hear that, you know, he's now cancer-free thanks to the chemotherapy. We wish him nothing but the best. We have Senator Dick Durbin, Congresswoman uh, Maloney. We also have Congressman Steve Cohen, no relation. All of these people have made requests through DOJ to open up investigations into various different um, aspects and different um ways in which the Department of Justice went after me, you know, the first time as well as the second. To this day, we still can't get a single document. We can't get a single document from FOIA. They were supposed to have sent 500, minimum 500 documents as of August 23rd of 2022. We haven't received a single one, not one document. And that's supposed to be on an expedited basis. Our entire system is fucked up.
0: And Cohen, you mentioned, though, these distinctions between, you know, normalcy and absurdity. And that's why, though, you can't both sides. We can't both sides. Oh, you know, on the one hand, you got Democrats who are normal. Do I agree with them on every issue? No. And on the other hand, you got Republicans who are absurd and somewhere the truth is in the middle. No. No. No, maybe back in the day you used to have normal debates and discussions, but that's not what exists. So I want to show and expose here on Political Beatdown the absurdity, the deviousness, the frankly disgusting nature of what the Republican Party is today. And we can do that by looking at what just took place during some of these committee hearings. And I want to play these clips, Cohen, then I want to get your reaction to each of the clips. So the first clip I want to play for you is in a committee hearing organized by the Oversight Committee, the Powerful Oversight Committee in the House of Representatives. Marjorie Taylor Greene is a major leader it's called The Consequences of School Closures Part 2. The president of the American Federation of Teachers, Miss Randy Weingarten, they basically spread covid disinformation during these hearings. That's the point of it and then blame it all on Biden. That's the main point. So they bring in the head of the Teachers' Union, one of the largest teachers' union, um, Randy Winegarden, and this is the exchange that Marjorie Taylor Greene has with her. Play this clip.
3: Miss Weingarten, are you a medical doctor? I am not. Are you a mother? I am a mother by marriage. By marriage, I see, um, and, and you my have, wife is here with me, so I'm really glad that she's here. sharing Winegarden, Miss as not a medical doctor. Not a biological mother, um, and and really not a teacher either. So what you did is you advised the CDC,
1: Mr. Ch- um, Mr. Chairman. That is that, I mean, that's a. a, a excuse me. Character. This is
3: my time. Uh, you People like about- you need to admit that you're just a political activist, not General a teacher, not a-, a mother, and not a medical doctor. General lady's time is expired. IU. I yeah. now, now recognize Mr. Jordan from Ohio for five
2: minutes. Point of
1: order, Mr. Chairman. I, I just want to make, just make note that um, the, the decorum of the attacks on the witness were unacceptable, that the gentlelady from Georgia just did. And so it would be nice if we didn't attack the witnesses, um, particularly in making a decision about whether or not she's a mother. You are a mother. Thank you for for, for being a great parent. Thank you. Thank
3: you. Your point of order is recognized, Mr. Garcia. Uh, a point I of now order. I recognize Mr.
2: Point of order? Uh, Given that his point of order is recognized and given that that was not just cruel personal attacks to Ms. Weingarten who loves her children, it is reflective of the cruel personal attacks to any adopted mother or father who love their children. So I, I would kindly ask that those remarks be taken out of the record for the sake of all of the parents who have adopted a child and love them dearly and see them as their own.
3: It was not a violation of the House rules. However, your point of order is recognized. I now
2: recognize Mr. George. I,
1: I have, I, first of all, the hairs on my arm, and I don't have a lot of hairs on my arm either, are standing up, but I hope Marjorie Taylor Greene or somebody that is within her scope of stupidity sees this show and hears me when I say this, fuck you, all right? You're going to turn around and to all of a sudden an adopted child means that you're not a mother. Who's caring for that child? Fuck you, Marjorie Toilet Green. There's no other way to put it. You are a disgusting piece of shit, all right? You have no empathy for anyone. You are a grandstanding piece of shit that has no right to be in the people's house you are a motherfucking disgrace not just to this country you're a disgrace to humanity so fuck you i'll
0: show you this next clip of marjorie taylor Greene, and this one is her talking if about I, was there, I
1: would have thrown a bucket of water on her i really yeah. would have you know what i don't understand why these people just sit there and they don't do something about it you do not have the right to turn around. And remember, I was there before. Not just the House Oversight Committee. I was seven times. I was. Um, I was a witness before different congressional committees. Nobody went that far. They've. They were pretty disgusting. The Republicans to me, especially when it was live, because they're all looking for a clip on you know OAN or Newsmax or you know Fox or whatever. Um, that's what she's doing. She's looking for you know. For a clip at the expense of Miss Weingarten, and shame on her. I'm so sick. I'm so sick and tired of their fucking theatrics and their nastiness, their bitterness. You know the things to, to the things that she says. You know it's almost as if she just lacks any humanity, no compassion, no nothing. And it just it really makes me sick to my stomach.
0: Yeah, and then in another committee hearing, you know, also in the same day, there was discussion about this uh, this coin, and and you, you'll see the full context of it. But it basically depicts a border patrol agent whipping a Haitian migrant, and a lot of people were calling that out, rightfully so, as we're better than that. That should not be on any memorabilia right now or official United States coins or in any of the states and that that's problematic. I want to show you this exchange where that's pointed out and this is Marjorie Taylor Greene's response to it. Play this clip.
4: On it, it says whipping ass since 1924. On the other side, it says horse patrol unit reflecting allegations for years, there you see a U.S. Border Patrol agent with a whip in his hand, whipping a Haitian migrant. I'd
3: like to remind everyone on this committee that we swore an oath to uphold the Constitution, and that includes the freedom of speech. And so if anyone makes a coin that is offensive to you, then it may be offensive, but it's also someone's freedom of speech to make that coin. And everyone is admitted here that they don't know if it's an official coin. It's no one knows it's an official coin. As a matter of fact, you're admitting it's not an official coin, not official. So we can talk about things that offend everyone. I could pull up my Twitter comments and talk about how offensive. The speech and my Twitter comments are, and I can make a poster and show it to you all and talk all about it all day long. But as far as a coin that is not an official coin, and we're talking about taking legislative action on the Homeland Committee on an unofficial coin because it's offensive, is absurd. It's absolutely to the
2: general point. Uh, this is not about freedom of speech in that uniform. There is a code of conduct, ma'am.
0: Correct. There's a code of conduct of law enforcement and whether it's official or unofficial, they should not be, uh, sending around coins that have depictions of border patrol agents, whipping Haitian migrants, like, and then they couch that as a freedom as, as a freedom of speech, the MAGA Republican Party that is taking away the freedom of women to control their bodies, that's taking away the freedom of people in the LGBTQ plus community to marry who they love. They want to use big government to do that. Then they weaponize the term freedom and say, you can't take away our freedom to be hateful human beings and to spread hate and incite violence. They invert freedom.
1: Hey, look, there's no there's no sane human being on this planet that would turn around and say that the comments out of Marjorie Toilet Green is not fucking despicable. I mean, you know, the notion that you would have a coin depicting the whipping of another human being, and in this specific case, a Haitian immigrant, this is so fucking despicable. It is. So anti-American and the fact that this piece of shit is wearing a congressional pin, right? This is it's. It's nauseating. I can't understand. You know, where the fuck is, you know, Kevin McCarthy? Where the fuck is the rest of the Republicans to admonish her and say this isn't normal? This is not normal behavior. How would you like if we put out a coin with, you know, with you bent over the side of a desk with an AR-15? Shove up your fat ass. I mean, how would you like that to go around? You stupid, fucking obnoxious piece of shit. There's just no other way to describe her. You know, you sit there, you watch, and this is taking place in the people's house. It's taking place in Congress. And they're talking about, you know, it's justifiable to, to you know it's our first amendment right how about this one you piece of shit how about the fact that i was unconstitutionally remanded back to prison because your fucking fuhrer donald didn't want my first book disloyal to be published and printed because it was offensive to him all right how about something like that so what about the asshole that created this coin you know To me, I don't understand how we're going to ever be able to stay this incredible nation that we are when you have an entire group of people. And I'm not saying all Republicans, God forbid, because it's not true. There are some very good Republicans that do not agree with Marjorie Toilet Green, all right, and that they find this as offensive as we do. But what the fuck are they doing about it? She should not ever be allowed in the halls of the people's house with that sort of fucking attitude.
0: You know, and then you compare that to Cohen, and this is what the media likes to do. The media likes, this is how they both sides it, right? They're like, well, you got Marjorie Taylor Greene who said all of that. By the way, I could show you a ton of other videos. I'll show you one more. I don't need you to react to this one, but I'll make my final point. Good, because and my I'm blood pressure is already
1: through the world. <laughs> I'll,
0: show you, I'll show you one more. Hate this, this is media. her talking about how people in the ice age wouldn't be taxed because of climate change. I I, I can't even make sense of this. Here, just just play this one of Marjorie Taylor Greene.
3: People are not affecting climate change. You're gonna tell me that back in the ice age, how much taxes did people pay and how many changes did governments make to melt the ice? The climate is going to continue to change. And there is no reason to just open up our borders and allow everyone in and continue to funnel over $50 billion or however many billions of dollars or trillions of dollars to foreign countries all over the world simply because they don't like the climate change.
0: So, so, on, so you have what the media will do is say, okay, on the right they have people who are extreme, like Marjorie Taylor Greene. And on the left, you got people who are extreme like AOC and they try to conflate that as though AOC is somehow like a Marjorie Taylor group. It's the complete opposite. You couldn't be further from the truth, but that's how the the media likes to portray it. Here, while Marjorie Taylor Greene was saying that, this is the types of things that AOC was saying at the committee hearings. Play this clip.
3: 10 years. So instead of looking at climate and instead of looking at cuts to health care, we should examine why our colleagues in the Republican Party is so invested in protecting the wealthiest people in this society and would rather attack health care and services for our veterans than repealing tax cuts for yacht owners and private jets. And with that, I I yield my time.
1: And then I'll wow. say, "Shame oh, right. on shame on AOC, right? I mean, you know, why, why should a guy who, you know, made 50-60 million dollars he should be able to avoid paying any tax simply because he goes out and buys himself an airplane. And this is actually true. You could look this up in the tax code. You can depreciate the entire cost of that aircraft in year 1. Thereby you pay no taxes." on the $60 million that you earned, and you have your own plane. I mean, sounds like a perfect win. Shame on you, AOC, for not thinking that that's correct, all right, and fighting with Marjorie Toilet-Green for all of the nonsense. That and and, 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 and Cohen, pause there for a, a second.
0: I, I want as you as to break that down. Idiot,
1: as if this idiot has any knowledge about science at all. I
0: I want you to break that down again for all of the brigaders out there, though, so they understand what you mean by depreciation and what these millionaires can do under Trump's tax code, just so everybody understands just how egregious it is. There's, There's a lot, a lot of other egregious examples, but the issue with private jets just goes to show you. What the MAGA Republicans are fighting for, who, who they're fighting for. And so to your point, Cohen, someone who's making 50 to 60 million dollars a year, who's avoiding paying taxes to all a bunch through all this offshore stuff to begin with and, you know, and, and claiming losses and taking loans and doing all of these things to avoid paying taxes. So they're already. Paying less taxes than a teacher, they're paying less taxes than a construction worker. Then a These billionaires and billionaires a
1: fireman uh, paying you know, less DMT, taxes. They're housekeepers.
0: But then, in addition to that, right? Like that's not enough. They're already do. They already got that advantage. In addition to that, they can then take their money under Trump's tax code and basically buy a private jet for free, essentially fully write it off. Um, Otherwise, that money would go where? That money would go to taxes. So instead of paying that money to taxes, it's basically treated as like an expense, right? Like a business expense in, in essence. Well, and it's, the it's money a, goes- it's a
1: right, it's a write-off. It's, so a write-off. it's not even a business expense. Now, if you want to do that each and every single year, then what you do is you file a certain certificate and then you put it into a pool so that people can go ahead, you know, pe- you could put it into a pool where people go ahead like on a net jets and then they rent it out. Now you're making a business. So instead it's Uncle Sam is actually putting you in business um, you know, with private jet aviation. I, I don't I don't get it. You you know the the fact that you know look there are things that AOC you know will say that I don't agree with and so but for but for the you know if you have to for the most part she's really a person who cares about America You don't have to like everything that she says. She cares about the country. She cares about America as a whole, not just, you know, her wackadoodle, you know, um, like Marjorie Taylor Greene constituents that are only, you know, interested in Second Amendment, you know, gun or, you know, anti-abortion or whatever other crazy crap is coming out of her mouth. AOC is a good person. You know, you may not like some of the things that she says, but that's okay. You're not supposed to like everything that a politician. Could you imagine if every single thing that a politician said you agreed with? That person doesn't exist. Yeah,
0: you know, and look. As we're going to start increasingly talking about it, we 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 talk about it all the time on the Midas Touch Network, but as I guess the media will start trying to mischaracterize what's going on when it comes to uh the fact that MAGA Republicans are refusing to pass a clean debt ceiling bill and they're tying it with all these egregious cuts or else they're saying that they are going to destroy the economy. Let's not forget that 97% of all debt was accrued before President Biden was in office 25 percent of all of the debt was accrued or, or or took place during the Trump administration so and now they're trying to blame all of that on President Biden but when you see as Cohen talks about for example, Not paying taxes instead of instead, you get to buy a free private jet basically. And then you wonder, well, wait a minute, why is the deficit so high? What, why, why is there so much? Why is there so much debt? It's because they're not paying taxes, (laughs) you have to collect the taxes. And they're buying private jets, and they're and they're not paying taxes. It's a very simple reason why it is that twenty five percent of all of the debt took place under the Trump administration. I want to show you this clip, though, Cohen. Too. This is Jim Jordan. This is what Jim Jordan is promoting himself on the House Judiciary GOP Twitter account. So I'm not cherry picking like a portion of this and saying, "Look how bad he looked." This is what Jim Jordan himself posted as his message to the American people. Play the clip.
4: You know what Americans can't stand? You know what they can't stand about this town? The so-called experts, the unelected experts who try to run our lives. Never put their name on a ballot, never have to go talk to the American people, get elected, never have to run for office. Best example, of course, is Dr. Fauci, who ran our lives for two years and was wrong wrong about just about everything he said told us it didn't didn't start in a lab it wasn't our tax dollars wasn't gain-of-function research he said there was no natural immunity even though it always had been for every other virus said the vaccinated couldn't get it said the vaccinated couldn't transmit it and now it's the atf except with the atf they don't even claim to be experts the director said so last week Last week, in a hearing in front of Congress in the Appropriations Committee, he was asked about firearms. He said, I'm not an expert in firearms. Not an expert, but still trying to run Americans' lives. You would think the head of the agency tasked with regulating the entire firearms industry, a constitutionally protected industry, would know something about firearms.
0: Like, what are they even talking about? <laughs> What's I have no
4: about? idea. When he starts onto
1: a ramble, it just goes on to a ramble. But shame on him. And I want to, I really want to impress upon our brigade or something. A million plus people, a million plus Americans died as a direct result of COVID. All right. When it wasn't necessary, had they just done the simple things like wear the masks or you know, do the vaccination. One million people plus. There are going to be a million chairs. Think about it this way: one million chairs at dinner tables that will now be empty at birthdays, at anniversaries, at weddings. All right, at you know, as we like to say in the Jewish tradition, at simchas. Right? There's a million plus chairs missing, and he wants to blame Anthony Fauci, who was helpful. In, and the funny thing is the guy who wants to take credit for the antidote, right, for the vaccination is Donald Trump. It did happen on his watch. You have to give the credit where the credit is due on his watch. The vaccination was created. Now, doesn't mean that he created it, but he was the man in charge. All of a sudden, what are they doing? They're still now if you think about it, they're shitting on their Führers, you know, um, usage of government funds. And money and resources in order to create this vaccination, which has saved countless, countless lives. We lost a million of our brothers and sisters, cousins, mothers, aunts, uncles, fathers, whoever, friends. I mean, we've lost over a million people. Think about the amount of sadness that is in the hearts of the families of the million. I lost a relative as a result of COVID. I know so many people who passed, friends of my parents who had passed as a result of COVID. All right. It's, think about the sadness in people's hearts as a direct result. And if you could Combine all of that. And if you could bottle that shit, you have any idea how big that bottle of sadness would be? But Jim Jordan has no compassion. Marjorie Toilet Green has no compassion. These people have no compassion for the American people, right? They just they just want this soapbox to stand on to raise money. And I say to all of them, it's, fuck you all. We, we are going to work our asses off, whether it's political beatdown, mea culpa, any of the Midas Touch Network, you know, um, episodes or shows. We're going to work our asses off come this 2024 to get rid of these people because they are so bad, not just again for this country. They're bad for the world and they're bad for humanity.
0: You know, one of the things, so so well said, Cohen. Um, and one, one of the things too that's so interesting because, look, the shows called Political Beatdown were generally viewed as a political network. But, you know, I think one of the double meanings in political beatdown though actually is that we should beat down on all of this as being a political issue in the first place. Like, There should be some objective truths and objective reality and compassion and decency and humanity should not be political, but it has been politicized and not by both sides, but by the modern day MAGA Republican Party, which wants to strip our politics of that decency, of the humanity, of experts, of intelligence of common sense, and that's what we highlight here. And that's frankly what we highlight on um, throughout all the shows on the Midas Touch Network. And um, in my one of my last law lectures that I gave of this semester, someone said, hey, Ben, the fact that you went to Georgetown Law, did that help you start your political media company? I said, you know, it's such an interesting question. I actually don't view this as a pol- as a political thing. I don't view myself as actually a political person. So when people like run for office or run for office, I'm like, really, what the Midas Touch Network's about, what this show is about, what Mea Culpa is about, frankly, is decency, it's humanity, it's compassion, it's trying to find the truth, discussing the truth. Admitting mistakes, we're not always right. Sometimes we're going to say things that are incorrect, making mistakes, but but just being authentic and just trying to be our best. There's a lot of complicated things going on in this world and I get it and we could try to deal with the complicated nature of the world. Or we can do what goes on in the MAGA Republican side, where they try to exploit the complications and they try to take advantage of that for their own callous power. We need to constantly push back against that. We need to show the contrast. And ultimately, what we have to discuss is humanity is compassion, is love, is intelligence. And that's why I love doing this show with you, Cohen, just how you just closed it out with what you just said. And and frankly, what we talk about here on all the shows on the Midas Touch Network. And most importantly, the fact that the Brigaders out there, the Midas Mighty, the Legal AFers, the Luminaries, the, the fans of all of the different shows on the Midas Touch Network, I know that you all want to live in a country that is filled with love and intelligence and compassion. And we want to get this hate out of here. And we're in this together. And I want you to know that. And so Cohen and I are just so incredibly proud to be here with you. And this is your movement, and we are honored to be a part of it together, making sure we fight for truth and our democracy. Michael Cohen, best wishes on your deposition tomorrow. I look forward to hearing about it. We'll talk about it on the next political beatdown. We'll keep you all posted as we learn more about what's going on in the EGIN trial, Eugene Carroll trial and in some of these other developments. There's a new episode of the Midas Touch podcast tonight at 5 Pacific, 8 Eastern. That will be live. Get Michael Cohen's book, Revenge, wherever books and audio books are sold. Go to store.mitistouch.com for the best pro-democracy gear, including the official *Maya Culpa podcast shirt, the Marlardo Correctional Facility t-shirt. There is a new *Maya Culpa this Saturday that we're going to be playing here on the Midas Touch YouTube channel. Subscribe to *Maya Culpa as well, um, wherever you get your podcasts. And for all the Brigaders, please subscribe to Political Beatdown, not just on our YouTube channel, but also subscribe wherever you get your audio podcast. Cohen, always a pleasure, a real honor to do this show with you, and an honor to share this with each of you in the Political Beatdown Brigade. Until next time, I'm Ben Micellis, joined by Michael Cohen. Shout out to the Midas Mighty.